growth in small business America is fundamentally closely aligned with the strength of community banks and the communities they service. Our mission's pretty simple, create, promote an environment where community banks flourish. Welcome to the Operate Podcast, where we give you a behind-the-scenes look at company building from the perspective of the builders themselves. This is how we operate. Welcome to the Operate Podcast. I'm Kerry Ransom. Today's episode is sponsored by BankTech Ventures, the first strategic investment fund designed by the community banking industry for community bank innovation and investment. BankTech identifies leading products and technologies for community banks and works with the founders and management teams to maximize the impact for both community banks and their businesses. If you're at a bank looking to innovate and invest in your future, or a founder who wants to work with community banks, reach out to BankTech Ventures at banktechventures.com. He is often a podcast host himself, so it'll be really fun to turn the tables and talk to my friend Charles Potts. Charles has an amazing history, but he's currently the chief innovation officer at the ICBA, which for some of you, you may not know, is the Independent Community Bankers of America. He's also my partner at BankTech Ventures, and we've had a lot of fun in the last year and a half. Charles has been a fixture in the bank technology industry for quite a while, more because he's a trendsetter and an entrepreneur, I would say, than from his age. Uh, and he just has always has such a unique perspective because he comes at it from both being a serial entrepreneur and one of the most vocal advocates out there for community banks. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get going. Charles, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you, Carrie, and uh, and I appreciate appreciate your counsel me as seasoned. I'm I'm, I'm seasoned. That's, <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, it's and amazing. we do, I, and we do have fun every day. Yes. Exactly. Well, and given that we are just coming off of uh, extensive uh, number of days with the team at the uh, bank director acquire be acquired, it's um, it is uh, it's this is a very timely conversation because, man, did we see a lot in the last few days. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great place to jump in. You know, we're we're a month into the new year and often for many, that means new priorities. What are you hearing from banks as their top priorities for 2023? Look, it's it's no um, it's no mystery that the the economy swings and and you know what's happening with the Fed uh, are top of mind with most bankers. And I think um, in one word, it's growth. Hmm. Right? How are we going to grow deposits? How are we going to grow business? How are we going to grow our relationships with our existing customers? How are we going to grow our staff? I mean, when we when we talk to our bankers and as we think about what we do from ICBA's perspective and and um, and our innovation initiative, growth is at the top of the mind mm-hmm. uh, of, of all of our bankers of all shapes and sizes. And it takes, you know, a lot of different facets. Um, but coming off of the heels of, you know, again, what we just uh, saw the last few days together, um, it dovetails very well with uh, with our mission, you know, to help create and promote an environment where community banks flourish. And 2023 is a a continuation of this growth trajectory for community banks. And and I think it's just a pretty cool mission. And and again, it also dovetails very well with what we're doing at Bank Tech Ventures. Mm -hmm. I think that's a super interesting term because I think for most of us, I mean, you and I have both been involved in a lot of startups growth often is a is a fairly narrow 
right. idea. I mean, you know, we've just kind of come out of this era of growth at all costs from the right. venture community, which is deploy and and it's you know all about explosion. But growth is is a actually a multifaceted topic as you yeah. described. And so, you know, do you end up having a lot of conversations about helping banks be introspective about what does growth mean to you? Because it's not the same to everyone. Right, and, right. And it's look, that's... it's not. It, it, and again, you, again, we, we, as you said, we both had, um, you know, some diverse lenses to look through. And it's, you know, from the fintech side, from the entrepreneurial side, it's not just about transaction growth and revenue growth and sales growth. Um, it, th there is a big talent aspect Absolutely. to this that is critically important to the banks and for them to take that logical next evolutionary step in this journey they're on a lot of a lot of what the, you know our community banks are faced with is how to how to find but also how to nurture grow recruit um, the kind of talent they need um, to continue this journey. And so that growth thing, I, I think is a, is a very important word for us to embrace mm -hmm. as we look at what we're doing uh, for the industry as a whole. Oh, I, I could not agree more. I mean, we, we were talking just before, you know, a big part of our uh, team's mission at Bank Tech Ventures is this idea of making banking cool again. And, yeah. you know, if you think about what you were saying, you want to get this talent that is, future oriented and relevant, you have to attract them uh, increasingly in, in new and different ways. The way we work has changed forever in just the last three years. And they've grown up as, you know, what we call the the digital natives. You know, I'm old, I'm a digital migrant. Um, they're mm -hmm. the digital natives, um, the mobile centric view and what got accelerated massively through the pandemic um, is is going to force um, a lot of banks to look at where that talent's going to come from and how they're going to make it cool for them. Um, and, and it's funny, you, you know, you, you, we, we chuckle about this, but we're, you know, we're, we, ICBA, and part of our, our Think Tech Accelerator Program and part of our innovation initiatives is also looking at how we can align ourselves, you know, with, with other institutions to bring talent into the community bank space mm. who who historically would not have thought that a banking job of the future is where they want to be so we're we're finding tech talent is now looking at community banks and going wow y'all are doing some really cool things i want to be part of that and and so we i i think this whole this whole opportunity to help create this growing ecosystem um, very much um, is going to rely upon uh, the talent of the future as well. Absolutely. Well, I mentioned, you know, in the intro that we're, we're partners in Bank Tech Ventures. And one of the terms that I think a lot of people struggle with when I'm out talking to them is this term bank tech. And I think you and I are are pretty comfortable with it. But from your perspective, when you're talking to folks, they're like, well, is that fintech? Um, yeah. How do you distinguish that term of of bank tech? Yeah, so so look, I think you can look at fintech as being one of two very distinct sides of the ledger. It's either I am going to go directly pursue customers, or 
I'm going to enable and partner with a financial institution to provide them the ability to create that uh, that value add. And the and the bank technology that underpins a lot of this you know, really serves a lot of the same traditional things you know we've always served, and that is how do I make banking more efficient, more effective, frictionless. Um, you know, how do I govern my customer experience? How do I take care of all of the uh, compliance risk uh, management aspects of it? And ultimately, when you boil all of those things down, you really only got two levers to play with. How am I going to grow revenue or reduce expenses? Mm-hmm. And, and I feel pretty strongly that our mission and our focus in this kind of shiny object world that you, you and I both know is is pervasive around mm-hmm. financial institutions. Our mission is to help bring some clarity to that, help bring some some focus to that. And, and oftentimes what uh, you and I and some of our other general partners in the fund and uh, like to talk about is, you know, kind of the shovel ready bank enabling technology. It's got to meet a clear goal and objective for the bank. And it's got to mm-hmm. be something our community banks can truly um, embrace and put into practice without a whole lot of forklifting, if you will. Sure. Well, I mean, I think it's it's all from my perspective. It's it's pragmatic. It's the great. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of extra time. I don't have a lot of extra money. I don't have a lot of extra resource. Show me something that has worked, can work, will work, how it will work, and help me with the plan. And they're sensible business people and risk managers, right? It's 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 all yeah, absolutely. I mean, our community bankers is some of the best small business operators on the planet. That's right. And they have a business to run. And so we know that um, they got to be good bankers. They got to run their their business. And, and therefore, we need to help them acquire the kind of tools that can help support that mission. That's right. Yeah, I mentioned you, you've been in this banking tech industry for for a while <laughs> and you know not everyone has and i think careful that hit, young guy <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it's all relative right. my friend right uh, but i think from a history lesson uh, i think it's instructive so i just want to use yeah. this this history and and knowledge that and experience that you have you know because i'm always curious like how did we get here how did we and, get here yeah yeah and so let's let's start you know with these core banking core vendors and sort of where they kind of came from and how they got a bit of a a noose around this industry because I just find it fascinating. Well, look, look, you can you can draw some really close parallels across a lot of industries mm-hmm. to the evolution of you know what we euphemistically call the compute utility. You know, big iron comes about in the 50s. Um, people figure out how to, you know, create massively scalar enterprise solutions in the 60s to generate more efficiencies. We actually had a lot of concentrated power in the hands of some single providers back then, you know, the IBMs of the mm-hmm. world, the, the Burroughs Unisys of the world, the NCRs of the world. And uh, in, in order to avail themselves, financial institutions often had to do what we you know, used to refer to as, as timeshare, mm. right? Somebody is going to invest in a big box somewhere in the, in the air-conditioned cooled room. 
Um, it takes about, you know, 37 minutes to do the nightly update for mm -hmm. that one financial institution who made that investment. And they've got some extra capacity that they could rent to some other financial institutions who see the value of having that kind of consistent compute utility. And it was, you know, it kind of started out with classical general ledger. Give me mm -hmm. a play, place automated in, in a fashion that I can keep track of the ones and zeros. And from then, some really smart people started building, you know, the complementary applications that would sit on top of it. And it's really ironic if you go back and look at some of those technology stacks back then, the logical design of them looks very much like what you see today. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just in a different form factor. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a, not a room in a downtown urban office building with sure. HVAC and, and, you know, the cryon the fire suppression systems <laughs> and everything else. It's a 4 million square foot server farm out in the middle of an Iowa cornfield. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they're logically laying on the same same thing. So at, uh, over time, with the the evolution of some of this compute utility, a lot of organizations figured out, um, I can strip that data out of there. I can put it on a more compact mid-range or mini computer. And I can then more cost-effectively kind of control my own destiny. And it would surprise most of your listeners that up until, I'll just artificially pick a point in time, uh, say ballpark mid-90s, the overwhelmingly majority of, of banks ran their own core. Mm -hmm. They ran it in-house. They ran it on a System 36, an AS400, uh, you know, a they, they ran this stuff in-house because it was very cost-effective to do it. And those solution providers who wrote the code to consolidate all this, you know, evolved, you know, the, the, the Mr. Henry, Jack Henry, you know, and he figured out how to, how to take the stuff off the main range, put it on a mini, mm -hmm. and, then, and then license software. And <laughs> over time, this became the norm until we then had kind of the PC evolution that allowed a whole nother generation of solution providers to write new, what I would call, you know, point of presence or point of usage, teller system, um, accounting system, uh, treasury management, small business banking, and ultimately the PC banking and then the internet banking. And bankers woke up and realized they were managing 12, 15, 20, 30, 40 different applications. Mm -hmm. And those software developers that had originally written the distributed software said, okay, I will repatriate it onto a new version of a mainframe and I will aggregate this stuff back. And then we saw the pendulum swing as bankers said, I got to run my bank. I can't be running 20 different vendor relationships. Sure. Take it back. Yeah. So some of this is about, yeah, simplify my life. Exactly. And, yes. and um, you know, I, I don't remember which of the grand accounting firms, but it was the one throat to choke mm -hmm. analogy that they used to justify this. And, and you know, it's the point we made earlier, our bankers need to be bankers. Our bankers need to run their banks. And so simplifying the tech stack, the tech usage, the vendor compliance, vendor relationship really led to a lot of that at a time that 
this whole new wave of PC and then the internet thing was coming on that, um, that frankly, um, you know, it's kind of ironic, stressed the legacy capability and skill sets of a lot of the bankers that were out there. I don't know how to manage this stuff on the internet. Let me give it back to somebody sure. else to manage. So yeah, it may, I mean, it's it's all you know, just yeah, it's sensible. It makes it sense. Is. It, it, it is. It, it, it's but it's also that classic. The pendulum swings too far. Right. Right. They got and, too many and vendor relationships, right? And, and that's exactly we, what yeah, we're experiencing what today. We're that is an underpinning of the ICBA's Think Tech Accelerator Program. What we're mm -hmm. doing with Bank Tech Ventures and the fund, and that is that pendulum swung too far back and put too much of the control of solutions in the hands of a small group of providers. And now bankers are saying, I need choice. And it's kind of interesting because I've, I've done this analysis many, many times in my career, both as a banker and then you know, working and building companies that if you kind of look at the domestic U.S. marketplace, unlike any other banking marketplace on the planet, we've historically had kind of three natural tiers on this little bell-shaped curve of number of financial institutions by asset size, right? You mm -hmm. got the, the top 50, top 100 at one and extreme and the historical kind of sub-billion asset um, at the other end, and then you got kind of this mid mid range, mid tier, you know, regional, super regional. The big guys always built their own, not invented here. I got dev shops. The smaller banks historically outsourced everything, and kind of in the middle, you had this evolution of what I call bespoke banking. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that could have a mid range computer, could have their own compute utility in house, and could they were big enough to source and size teams that could integrate their own kind of best of breed. We're now experiencing with a SaaS cloud-based, you know, very cost-effective solutions. Our our thesis at, at ICBA and the ThinkTech is is the technology is no longer the limitation. That's right to banks of all sizes being able to have their own bespoke best of breed. And I think it's one of the most exciting times I've seen in the financial services industry for that very reason. The You and I, we could rattle off some of the names of the bankers that we, mm -hmm. we talk to some, some, you know, fairly small banks are putting in massive, amazing amounts of new solutions because it's just that much easier today. And the choice has never been greater. Uh, totally. Uh, this is, Charles, thank you, because that is just a fantastic orientation history lesson of kind of how, how we got here. And I think it is a super exciting time. You know, what I contemplate a lot is this idea that the and we you talked about earlier with talent, the organizational structure, the types of talent that should be in these banks on a go forward basis are just different. And yep. you don't see even in smaller banks, you just don't see a lot of people with product experience like you do no, in a no, fintech. But, no, but and you, it's but yeah. they but they understand banking operations, and yeah, so either yeah. they have to morph to yeah. understand how do you codify that into new products, or you have to marry them up with some of these digital natives like you, well, uh, and, like and, you described, I, which is fun. And, and, it, it, which is which is great because I, I I think the the again the the very empowering thing is um is I don't necessarily have to be a product person but I may need to be a systems integrator mm -hmm. 
And that's that's real. So if you if sure. you look at some of the again, the banks of all shapes and sizes, um, you know, we're, we're seeing more uh, chief digital officer, chief innovation officer, chief, you know, strategy officers. So we're seeing we're seeing those evolving roles as these banks themselves recognize, to your point, I need to take some of that talent and and use it to help figure out how to use these new solutions. And right. that is a, that is a very exciting thing to, to see. Now there's not enough of them. And obviously there's more solutions than, than um, you know, than banks have been able to embrace new talent, which goes back to kind of where we started the conversation is, is growing talent to be able to take advantage of this as a, as a huge opportunity for community banks. It is. It is. And, you know, I've run a ton of product teams in my career. And, you know, what I find why and why I use that term. And I think product manager is literally one of the highest demand yep. Yep. jobs across industries, you know, you know right. everywhere. And right. I don't think of it as solely a you're responsible for going and building things. It's it's about building value for sure. And I think increasingly and exactly to your point the technology is rarely the barrier anymore. Right. And so product managers that understand low code, no code tools, understand how to integrate things together, almost saying, I only want to build it if I absolutely have to. That's, is a, that's the, the last wave. resort. Right. That's right. That's the next wave of product managers. And I think exactly the type that most banks should be finding and developing totally that agree. they're very comfortable with a lot of what's out there and how to pull it together they become the connective tissue between the bank's core business its strategy its executive leadership its board its vision and all of this wonderful capability out there that can help these banks grow i mean you got to have that connector in there and that um that that product person can truly be that yeah it's it's super exciting. I mean, that's the part that I think is fun. And you part of what I just find so interesting is the the tools and the products that are emerging to support banks are just proliferating all over the place. And part of what you and I spend so much time on is determining can a bank effectively use this? And I think that that is moving rapidly. I want to talk a little bit about the accelerator because you were obviously instrumental in getting this off the ground and you know there now have been hundreds of companies that have tried to get in the program you've had you know dozens go through it very successfully and i mean what what are you you got to be close to 500 different banks that have participated at some level so let's again a little bit of history yeah. let's go back yeah. and what prompted you to say this is something we have to do? You know, well, I want to hear some stories because there've been yeah, some so, great ones. So look, the 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 landscape, right? The the environment in which our community banks operate um, was was witnessing, seeing, feeling this technology evolution. And, um, you know, we can go back to kind of 2010 timeframe as you started having the evolution of the of really the new wave of fintechs, the challenger banks, the neo banks, the mm-hmm. mobile only banks, the, you know, the, the, whatever you want to euphemistically describe them. And the, uh, you know, 
the leadership at ICBA, uh, my boss, um, and and others um, in listening to the banks themselves ask these really you know, fundamentally germane questions. How do we make sense of this? What does it mean? Why is it happening? You know, who's doing this and and how are they doing it? And how does that impact a community bank really led to this idea of the ThinkTech um, accelerator and the underlying premises? How do we how do we take the common issues, problems and concerns that community banks have marry it and match it to solution providers that are out there. And I, you know, I contend at any point in time, there's some 35,000 shiny object fintechs floating Mm -hmm. around the world. Um, How do we, how do we kind of make sense of this thing and find and source solutions that community banks can, can, effectively work with to address these real problems. How, how can this, you know, how can this work and happen? And that led to the formation of this, that led to the, you know, to the now four years we've run the program, bringing, sourcing these companies together with community bankers who then work very effectively. And this is the, I think, the secret sauce to this. Um, the community bankers themselves give of their time to sit with these entrepreneurs and help mold and shape the outcomes of their solutions. These are early stage companies. You know, They have product, they have some customers. They're still somewhat wandering around in the forest trying to get product market fit and go-to-market strategy resolved. And with all of the subject matter experts and the bankers themselves, what comes out the other end of this accelerator program is a purpose-built, mission-driven solution for community banks that they can acquire, implement, and use in a, in a very seamless and frictionless manner. And that is the promise on which we build and run this is they got to be able to use it because mm-hmm. you know in the end uh, you know my partner Wayne Miller we laughingly you know say that we're, we're trying to avoid building the fintech petting zoo mm-hmm. it's got to be something that banks can use because if and this is also really the fundamentals behind bank tech ventures if our banks can't use it then we pick the wrong solutions right i mean it's just really that that simple. Okay. We're very heavily focused on making sure the bankers are the first in line to help us really resolve this this challenge. And so, building on the back of that, you know, we announced the end of last year that we're bringing it in house full time. We're adding talent, including uh, Wayne Miller, um, who ran the Venture Center program in Little Rock, is now full time on our team helping lead this. We're um, we're staffing up. Uh, we're going to build out a new facility in Atlanta. And what used to be a once a year event based program is now going to be a continuous life cycle of of innovation and accelerator and incubator and showcases, um, not only around still these big, broad topics, but we're going to be able to get more granular around some of the key areas that we know continue to, um, you know, to challenge banks of all types, right? We have 80% of all agricultural loans are made by community banks. We need to do more in the Mm -hmm. ag tech space. We have an aging population that, you know, very much is concentric to a lot of community banks in different communities. We need to look at age tech. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the financial health and wellness side of this. So we can get more granular, more topical, you know, by owning and controlling this year round. And we think that is a natural next step along this journey and evolution of what we're doing. Very cool. I was going to ask, 
what's ahead this year. You laid it out, and I think it's super exciting, and and I feel very fortunate to be a small part of it. There's we appreciate the support. I mean, we we you know this is a this is a big tent where we like to be. Mm-hmm you know, very inclusive of a lot of the players because ultimately we our, our mission is pretty simple. Create, promote an environment where community banks flourish. And so right. the more of these ecosystem players like Bank Tech Ventures and all of our LPs and all of our ICBA members and, you know, the, the regulators, the accounting firms, the other venture capital firms, they all play a major role in helping us make sure We've got the solutions and the, and the services that banks need to uh, to grow. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's turn a little bit to that. I mean, I love the mission of the ICBA. There's still about, just to orient people, still about 5,000 banks in the U.S. The number does continue to, to shrink. And I know you and I and many others agree that we have a unique economy and our economy in this country is better when you have more of these banks serving the unique needs of the various communities that are out there. And I always say, this is what's enabled capital to get to the edges of our economy for a long, long time. How do you ponder what's going to keep more of them around and in business in that, you know, what, I don't think any of us knows exactly what that right number should be, but I think generally speaking, more is better than, just a few, because we have other countries to look at and say, we're better with the number we have. So how, how do you think about that? Yeah. Well, so our, our community banks, to your point, sit at a very important um, uh, place in, in our social economic fabric here in the U.S. And it's a very unique it's a very unique market. And, um, and, you know, again, almost two thirds of all small business loans come from community banks. So the growth in small business America is fundamentally closely aligned with the strength of the community banks and the communities they service. So to, to your question, what's really going to help is us continuing to find ways and solutions and services that community banks can use to help strengthen those communities they serve. Going back to the point of why we started the accelerator program was to somewhat address, you know, why are people gravitating towards these other solutions out mm-hmm. there? What is this, you know, frictionless experience that that people like the, you know, the great unbundling of financial services that that has quietly happened out there, and um, and so you know, arming our community banks with the with the tools and capabilities to retain, mm-hmm. provide the same kind of competitive solutions with that high touch and high tech relationship banking model that is uniquely community banking um, is is I think a critical element to um, that mission and and uh, again to helping these banks out there. So Look, we, we, we all have to meet the needs of the customers we serve, and that's what community banks are looking for. And I think if we continue to provide them the capabilities that are, that are available to them, um, they're going to meet those needs, and they're going to have that value add. And I, you know, I always like to pull this out of my back pocket because 
frankly, PPP really magnified it. They're going to have that value add of that relationship model that's critically important to small business America. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's, you know, that again, that's that's about this this big ecosystem. And that's about, you know, again, the right sizing of the tools and the solutions to meet the unique mission of any any community bank out there. But it's also important to recognize that there's a lot, a lot of variety in the community banks. So there's no mm-hmm. one size fits all answer. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. And it feels like that that's only and- gonna change it, more exactly right? the optionality the 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 options our community banks have 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 never been greater and again it's incumbent upon all of us to work to help make sense of some of that yeah and i think that that also speaks to even the technology discussion we were having earlier in that the where the technology stacks in banks were somewhat homogenous over yep. the last several decades yep. you and i would both say uh, they're going to be the opposite of that on a go yeah. forward basis. And we have yeah. to give them the architecture to be able to reflect their uniqueness in much more profound ways. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, there's, there's lots of great examples of community banks out there who, who are, are manifesting this, right. I, I, I could be a, a small business lender to the light industrial manufacturing space. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at that. And I need solutions that really address that versus I make farm loans in the upper Midwest and right. all of my customers are, you know, big agricultural farmers. They're still community banks. They still have mm-hmm. communities, but the the problems they're trying to solve are similar, but the manner and solution in which they do that now has more, um, you know, more uniqueness to it. And I think that's, to me, that's the most exciting part of this is, is again, this, this notion that, community banks don't all have to be handcuffed to a square peg into the round hole single source solution. Mm-hmm. That's right. Charles, you talk to community banks about every day, right? Um, as you think about this year ahead, I love that you uh, sort of thematically use the term growth. Are there any key, I, I would say, innovation or change items under that growth umbrella that you really think when you're talking to your, you know, bank members that you're pushing, you know, almost pushing them a little bit and challenging them and saying, hey, you know, you, you really need to think about these things right now while we are in the state we're in. One of the most important lessons learned during the pandemic and the PPP is to is to give your customers choice mm. um, and, and give them a, a more seamless and frictionless experience, um, the kind of anytime, anywhere. At the same time, as I, I was talking to a banker yesterday, at the same time, the community bankers need to make sure they're not disintermediating the relationship by putting the technology wall between them and their customer. Sure. Sure. So the the digital evolution, the digital transformation journey that banks are on, uh, that a lot of our community banks are undertaking. Ultimately, they're going to have the same objectives. How do I more efficiently use this technology to better serve my customers? And that is something that all of our banks need to keep front and center day in and day out. The customers are asking for these things. The customers need, want, and desire these things. They want that frictionless experience. They want that anytime, anywhere kind of mobile first approach. But... And the big but is you can't let the technology determine the direction you're going. 
Mm -hmm. I always like to draw upon the old um, Alice in Wonderland. She meets the Cheshire cat um, at the fork in the road and ponders where to go. And he says, well, my dear Alice, any road will get you there if you don't know where you're going. That's right. So where they're going, the vision and strategy um, has got to be constantly tested and, and checked and reviewed and refined. And I think that's the the beauty about where we all play in this ecosystem in talking to the, our community bankers and helping them, the stuff we do at ICBA, the stuff we're doing with you and the team, Carrie, at Bank Deck Ventures, is constantly challenging the vision and the direction to make sure it is closely aligned to this this mission and the strategy. Mm-hmm. That's great. Let's let's go a little bit to the other side. So you also talked to a lot of startups. Yes. And partly, I mean, you're you're the chief innovation officer of the ICBA. You've got thousands of community bank members. If I'm an entrepreneur, I want to get on your calendar and ask you, Charles, how are you going to get me in front of all your banks? So what advice do you feel like you consistently find yourself giving to startups? We live and breathe this, but we got to keep pounding it in to the entrepreneurs. If you can't succinctly answer the question, what problem are you solving? You're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And the entrepreneurs have to be very clear in what problem are they solving. We got a lot of tools, a lot of shiny objects, a lot of solutions in search of a problem. All of our jobs are predicated on helping refine the answer to what problem are you solving. Bankers need solutions. They need answers. Um, They don't necessarily need tools. It's like sending somebody into Home Depot and saying, go build a house. Yes. Um, So uh, for all the entrepreneurs out there, be very clear and very resolute. Now, if you're in the general vicinity and ballpark and you think you understand it, great. That's a big part of what an accelerator program is designed to help, right? Help Mm -hmm. refine that problem value statement. But don't just come say, wow, I got some new AI, ML, RPA product, and I'm going to do everything. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Well, Charles, it's been super fun. Uh, I always enjoy our conversations. I'm always guaranteed to learn something. My final question is we're coming up on time. I want to get a little personal. I, I'd love to understand your why. You know, what what is it that drives you to keep inspiring and, and working with community banks day in and day out? And thank you for the question. And, and thank you for the time today as well. I, I have had a, um, a very blessed career and continue to see myself as, as very blessed in many ways. Um, and to a large perc- percentage of that is really, truly helping with this mission, truly helping what is the core of small business America, the real entrepreneurial spirit in this country, find the things that are going to help strengthen it and and improve it and grow it. Um, We are in a very, very cool place. I mean, it is really, you know, back to let's make banking cool again. This is a pretty cool place to help make sense of this for some of the best people I've ever had to work the pleasure of working with in my life. And so what inspires me every day is seeing the great work our community banks are doing to see the great work these entrepreneurs are doing. Oh my gosh. I mean, you and I both know it. I mean, some of these entrepreneurs we get to work with, 
I, I just I, I love them to death. And being able to be at that intersection between the small business America community banks and play whatever role we can play in connecting that and improving and growing and strengthening it. That's what gets me expired every day. It's uh, you know, it is a a true David and Goliath kind of world out there that mm -hmm. we see. I love getting up every day and and go into battle on behalf of these entrepreneurs and and these community banks. Charles, thank you. I'm so blessed as well, and you know, just grateful for the partnership that we have and and the friendship that we've built. And as I said, our conversations are always so enriching. So glad we could record this one and share it with others. Hopefully, they enjoy it as well. And uh, coming out of this conference the last few days with you, I'm pretty excited about what's ahead this year, too. So thanks. Man. <laughs> well, Carrie, thank you. And to your audience, thank you for giving uh, your time to listen to us. I appreciate the work you're doing, Carrie. I appreciate the, the great team we've got at Bank Tech Ventures, um, making good things happen for our community banks out there. And let's go do more of it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Operate Podcast. If you like this conversation, as a favor to me, you can rate us, review us, or subscribe, or tell your friends. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Operate Podcast. Until next week, get out there and operate.